there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hi, I'm Wendy Zuckerman, and this is Science Versus from Gimlet Media, the show that pits facts against pharaohs. Today we're asking... How did the Egyptian pyramids get built? Some people say that the pyramids couldn't have been a purely human achievement. That something else, maybe even aliens, had to have stepped in to help out. Which, okay, sounds pretty silly. But stick with us. Because the more we learned about how impressive the pyramids are, the more we were like, huh. So, producer Rose Rimler and I went on a bit of a discount tour using Google Earth. We sent the little avatar down to the pyramids so we could see them for ourselves. Can we go in closer? Yeah, we can drop the little guy. I love dropping the little guy. Whoa! Here we go into the map! <gasps> oh, wait, this is the wrong pyramid. Let's go out of the map. Out of the map. (laughs) Rose wanted to show me the biggest, baddest pyramid of them all, appropriately called the Great Pyramid. Okay, so here we are at the foot of the Great Pyramid. That's huge. It's taller than the Statue of Liberty. So the rocks are about the size of, uh, about the height of like your hip or something. Just about, yeah. So all these blocks, there's over 2 million blocks that make up this pyramid. And on average, they weigh like two tons a piece. Some of them came from hundreds of miles away. And yet they're so precise. The sides of the Great Pyramid are even to within like a few inches. Really? Yeah. They are almost perfect. That's crazy. And they're almost perfectly straight going along the north-south axis and the east-west axis. (gasps) Okay, so what what did humans have back then, like, to build such a structure? Nothing. Not even steel, right? And now steel, they didn't even really have iron. They didn't use wheels, like carts and wheels. No wheels yet? No No. wheels yet. Everything we think we need to have a big, stable building that would last a long time, they didn't have any of that. And Rose told me that the pyramids aren't just huge piles of rocks. They have secret rooms, passageways, and mysterious shafts cut through 200 feet of stone. And yet, this was all put together more than 4,000 years ago, before geometry as we know it even existed. And the fact that they did this with no modern technology to work with has many questioning... Could the ancient Egyptians really have done this on their own? So this idea has been bubbling away for decades. And it's that aliens had a hand in building the pyramids and other impressive ancient structures. And this idea has gotten to be so mainstream that archaeologists told us they hear it all the time. There's even a TV show about it called Ancient Aliens. It's just finished its 13th season And on average, it gets more than a million viewers each episode. Since the dawn of civilization, mankind has credited its origins to gods and other visitors from the stars. So today we're asking, where did this idea come from? 
Why do people believe it? And is there any reason to think it's true? Because even if you don't believe that aliens were mingling with the ancient Egyptians, you do have to wonder, how did they pull this off? And getting to the bottom of this hasn't been easy. Archaeological information is kind of like a homicide detective. You know, there's bloody socks on the floor, you know, there's muddy tracks going. You have to infer what happened. This is Mark Lehner, and he's one of the top Egyptologists in the world. And even though Mark's been studying the pyramids for decades, he still remembers walking into the main chamber of the Great Pyramid for the first time. It was back when he was just a tourist. The acoustics are amazing in there. They resonate. And so you can find just the right chant to get the thing vibrating like a big pipe organ. So that's pretty cool. Really amazing. And still when I go in there, I can find just the right resonance to make it sort of start, you know, What's funny, though, is that Mark first got interested in the pyramids because he was a little... Anyway, uh, back in the 1970s, Mark believed that ancient Egyptians didn't build the pyramids alone. He didn't think it was aliens, but the lost civilization of Atlantis. And yeah, my belief hung in there really strong. That was until... Mark started really studying the pyramids, going on trips to Egypt, sifting through artefacts. And then one day he realised that this Atlantis thing, it just didn't add up. The whole thing had slipped away from me like a glacier separating, and I didn't believe that anymore. So now he didn't believe that the Atlanteans helped build the pyramids, but he still didn't know how the ancient Egyptians did it. And one question that really puzzled him was this. He'd learnt that a lot of the stone from the pyramid actually came from nearby. But the ancient Egyptians still needed to truck heavy granite from very far away. Yeah, the granite came from 600 kilometres away. How did they do that? Well, over the past few decades, Cairo has been doing a lot of construction around the city, like installing a new sewer system, which meant they had to dig... And when archaeologists heard about that, their ears pricked up. Because, you know, archaeologists love digging. Now, during these digs, they found the remains of ancient docks, harbours and canals. These canals went all through the city and up to the Nile River, which connected to quarries filled with granite and other stones. Now, here's the cool thing. They actually cut all the way to the foot of the pyramid Yeah, right up to the pyramids. And what this suggested was that the ancient Egyptians were moving enormous stones hundreds of miles by stacking them on boats and then rowing them through the canals. So Mark had all these clues about how the river worked and then the canals. And then, a few years ago, a team of archaeologists hit the jackpot, their most concrete evidence yet. They found fragments of an ancient diary written on papyrus by a middle manager type who actually worked on the pyramids. And this guy described exactly how they moved the stones day by day. Morning, we loaded our boats. Afternoon, we spent the time sailing to Giza. Evening, we docked. You know, morning, we're dragging blocks to the pyramid. Literally, day by day, it was just like, boom! Opening a window, the next best thing to being there, which I've often wanted to do, I've often thought I would love to be here just for five minutes, 10, 15, just to see it. 
these papyri were the next best thing. Papyri. Yep, it's the plural of papyrus. You should try it in a sentence. Like, this bowl of papyri really makes the whole house smell like Christmas. Oh, uh, no, that's uh, potpourri. Anyway, these papyri describe teams of 40 or so men piling boats high with stones and then rowing them straight to the building site. So roads? They didn't need roads or trucks or even wheels. They had the Nile. Okay, so now we know exactly how they moved these huge stones hundreds of miles to get to the pyramids. But we still had one final question. How did the Egyptians hoist these huge stones hundreds of feet into the air to create a pyramid taller than the Statue of Liberty? Well, cranes? They didn't need cranes. They had sleds, rollers and even ramps. Just this month, the Egyptian government announced that the remains of what looks like a ramp has been found, and it's about the same age as the pyramids. The Anglo-French team had been working in an ancient Egyptian quarry when they discovered a ramp with stairways. A stone ramp with a series of post holes on both sides. So you'd push a stone up, wedge the poles in the holes, and then go to the next level. That's amazing. That is some early Egyptian scaffolding, scaffolding. Yeah. yeah. So it looks like the Egyptians used ropes to pull and push the heavy stones up higher and higher along a ramp. And this was possible because they had thousands of people working on the pyramids for decades. And we have one last point to make. The ancient Egyptians didn't get this right on the first try. You can see the evolution of building and designing the pyramids over time. There are earlier first drafts. Older, smaller, crappier pyramids that aren't as impressive as the Great Pyramid. They're still around. They just don't attract as much attention, probably because they're a bit ugly. So to Mark, there's just all this evidence, not only of how the ancient Egyptians built the pyramids, but also how they lived, the layouts of their homes, their broken pottery, pieces of their clothes, and even their jewellery. And to him... This is proof enough that the ancient aliens' idea is bunk. There's just no way that another culture could come down, hang around for a while, give directions on how to build a cheeky pyramid, and then leave nothing behind. Civilizations can't get lost. Civilizations are messy, garbage-producing networks of people, and they leave all kinds of crap. Crap like diaries, canals, ramps, and everything that tells us the real story of how the ancient Egyptians built the pyramids. And if you're still not convinced, well, all we can say is denial ain't just a river in Egypt. But really, what is going on here? Like, why do so many people seem to love this ancient alien story? These claims of lost civilizations, of ancient aliens, of uh, all kinds of mysterious things happening in the ancient world, they're powerful, they're seductive, they're interesting. And if they were true, they would be amazing. That's David S. Anderson. He's an archaeologist at Radford University in Virginia. And he sphinx a lot about why people hold on to alternative theories like ancient aliens. And for David, he says this isn't about dum-dums getting sucked into a hoax. The reality is, is these kind of claims 
play not on stupidity, but they play on fascination and interest. Uh, they play on the notion that we want there to be more. And it's a little more depressing to think, well, actually, archaeology has good data on how the pyramids were built and where they were built and when there were people lived there. That's not as fun. That's not as interesting. But as exciting as it is to think of aliens whispering in a pharaoh's ear, you need to build a ramp. David told us that these ideas are actually troubling. Not only do they fly in the face of hard evidence, like a fleet of wayward UFOs, but also you can trace this kind of thinking to the earliest days of European colonisation. Centuries ago, colonisers were visiting places filled with people they thought were primitive. And yet, they would see these huge, sophisticated structures. For them, it just didn't add up. And so there was a strong tendency, and we see it repeated over and over again, for uh, European colonizers to come up with stories about how these ruins must have been built by lost white civilizations. This happens uh, in the United States. There are earthen mounds all over the eastern half of the United States that were built by Native Americans. And for centuries, Americans and American colonists would claim that those must have been built by some lost white tribe. He says now, instead of white tribes, it's aliens. Either way, it's taking the achievements of one group of people away from them and handing it to somebody else. So ancient Egyptians had the canals, the ramps, and the people power to get the job done. No aliens required. If you had fun listening to this episode, you might want to check out our real podcast, the full one. You see, this was just a mirage, a mini version. To find our full episodes, head to Science Versus, that's Science VS, and follow us. We'd love to have you. I'm Wendy Zuckerman. Back to you next time.